Why, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Now listen, the cruise is just about to start, but let me fill you in on a few details if you've never been here before. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ, and it's our continuing prayer that we help you grow closer to Jesus every day. Now, you might be wondering why it's called Biblical Chili. You see, around this table, we have people from all walks of life, different histories, backgrounds, different futures, even different religious views. But even with all these differences, that shouldn't hinder us from carrying on a conversation. And you stepped in at a good time, too, because the Chili Crew is walking through the Bible from cover to cover. And right now, they're in the book of Exodus. Moses talking to a burning bush, plagues, Exodus out of slavery, and the Ten Commandments. Woo, this gives me the collie while I was just thinking about it. All right, so now we are in Exodus chapter 26. So we're going to go over the tabernacle brought to you by Moses Vila. Bob Vila, home again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. This isn't like, what, 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 was, what was Bob Vila's thing? This old house. This isn't this, this old, old house. house. This, this is, old tabernacle. Yeah, this is this old tabernacle or tent. <laughs> All right. Chapter 26, verse 1. Make the tabernacle with ten curtains of finely twisted linen and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn with cherubim woven into them by a skilled worker. All the curtains are to be the same size, 28 cubits long and 4 cubits wide. Join five of the curtains together and do the same thing with the other five. Make loops of blue material along the edge of the end curtain in one set and do the same with the end curtain in the other set. Make 50 loops on one curtain and 50 loops on the other curtain of the other set with the loops opposite each other. Then make 50 gold clasps and use them to fasten the curtains together so that the tabernacle is a unit. Throw it in the oven for an hour and 45 minutes and we're good. <laughs> Man. I, okay, I want to I mean, keep, keep going, but I, I am going to look up a picture here. I want to get, get a visual on this one. Okay. Verse 7. Make curtains of goat hair for the tent over the tabernacle. Welcome to our tabernacle. Goat hair? We have curtains of the finest goat hair in town. Make curtains of goat hair for the tent over the tabernacle, 11 altogether. All 11 curtains are to be the same size, 30 cubits long and 4 cubits wide. Join five of the curtains together in one set and the other six into another set. Fold the sixth curtain double at the front of the tent. Make 50 more loops along the edge of the curtain in one set and also along the edge of the curtain on the other set. Okay, then so make, hold on. Oh, what was okay. the size on that? What was the cubits? What verse was that? Um, it was uh, verse 8. All 11 cubits are to be 30 cubits. All 11 curtains are to be 30 cubits long and 4 cubits wide. Isn't the, the cubit like the tip of the finger to your elbow? Yes, um, but the standard Egyptian cubit was actually 18 and a half inches. That was that was the the standard. So that's what Moses usually. Went, I mean, Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and he kept with the same Egyptian cubit because obviously that's what he was taught. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, so what was it? Sixty wide or sixty long? Thirty, thirty long and four wide. Thirty thirty cubits comes to forty six and a quarter feet. That's that's uh, almost fifty feet long. So are we talking about is, is and I'm just trying to get your imagination here rolling here. I think it's like a circus tent. 
like this? Yeah, because it's saying that the first, the, the you know, verse two, it's going to be 28 cubits long and four cubits wide. Farther down, it's 30 cubits long and four cubits wide, which sounds like it's a rectangular building, the two ends, so it's 28 cubits by 30 cubits. So something like this, or yep, something to, to this effect. Okay. With so like they, this is basically a loops square. On each one. Yeah, this is basically like you said. A, a, imagine a circus tent, but has pillars, the whole shebang, but it's rectangular instead of a circular circus tent. Okay. Now that that makes yep. sense too, because this. I'm just saying the description was just strange because it is. It's almost 50 feet long. And that probably makes sense if they uh, start breaking up the interior into rooms. So you have a 50-foot long by... Well, the room itself, I know the tabernacle itself is only broken up into, it should be, two rooms. I should say the, the main tabernacle where that's called the holy place and the most holy place. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, But it's made of goat's hair? Like woven goat's hair? Or? Curtains of goat hair over the, the the tabernacle. 11 curtains together. So there's 11 curtains that are that long. Four foot wide and 30 cubits long. So yeah. Yeah, so this is the covering for the entire main part of the tabernacle. Wow. Yeah. And then they have 100 loops on each curtain. 50 on one end, 50 on the other. And then fit, and it's all secured together with gold or with bronze clasps. Yeah, that's just for like <clears throat> what hammering it into the ground. And it says to find someone that is skilled to make cherubim. You know, I'm hoping they already have people identified to make the cherubim. Otherwise, I see like this line of of people trying really hard to make a cherubim, <laughs> and then they're like. It was a, a good try. All right, but how about you? All right, uh, uh, we're down to these last three. Can we get a vote to see who has the best cherubim? <laughs> because uh, you'll be the person. <laughs> well, don't forget. That they, oh, oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I love that they have, you know, that God's like, and have these cherubim angels like drawn in around there because the the earthly temple is just supposed to be a, you know, representation of the heavenly temple. So it's like if Moses saw or just had a description of what the heavenly temple was in that version there's like real cherubim so it's like okay you guys get little drawn ones here and there to like represent <laughs> that up there like it's the real deal <laughs> right uh the, the reminder though that i was just going to say was this is moses receiving these instructions from god on the mountain still so right at this time when god is giving him all this israel's still down in the valley and he's on the mountain for 40 days so, like, all of this is happening during that 40-day span. He still hasn't come down yet. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up, Susanna, because if you guys want a good description of the heavenly court system or the heavenly throne room scene, I guess, you can find that in Isaiah. Most of Isaiah talks about it. Um, I'll continue on here, verse 11. Then make 50 bronze clasps and put them in the loops and fasten the tent together as a unit. As for the additional length of the 10 curtains, the half curtain that is left over is to hang down at the rear of the tabernacle. The tent curtains will be a cubit longer on both sides. What is left will hang over the sides. 
of the tabernacle so as to cover it. Make for the tent a covering of ram skins dyed red, and over that a covering of other durable leather. We've read all the way through Genesis, and we are now more than halfway through Exodus. This is the most particular explanation or uh, direction given for how to build something. Like Noah was said to build an ark and make it out of gopher wood, and then here's the dimensions. Now this one here is breaking down what to use, how much to use, exactly how to drape it over, how to fasten it together. God's understanding our our limited ability to, you know, put these things together ourselves, apparently, because he was given like this this great IKEA version of directions to put together the tabernacle. I mean, you, you're right. This one, this one gets even more specific about the art because I think the most that the art gives is the length, the height, the width, and like the levels and a window on the top or something like that. Like, I think that's about it. Like, it'll have three levels and a door on the side and windows on the top. And that's about it. <laughs> but this one, I mean, it, it's getting very specific. Although I think, I think the reason why, though, would be because... We're not just talking about, you know, a vessel to save people. This is meant to be, this is meant to point forward toward God's son. So I think God was trying to prove a point by saying this, we got to get real specific here. Well, I wonder too, and this just occurred to me. So this is in the parentheses in my version, like God is giving these instructions specifically his mouth but then like later in the new testament acts it says that you know moses was receiving instructions from the angels i wonder if this is one of those instances where it's like he's up there seeing god face to face and we don't really know what that looks like and maybe he's like literally seeing the tabernacle like he's like this is what it needs to look like you know so this could be moses being like this is what I saw, you know, like maybe he was up there seeing God face to face, like he is kind of being shown at himself, you know. So it's sort of like a heavenly hologram or something like that. <laughs> right. I mean, because God was up there on the mountain. Oh, the angels gave it to him and then God gave it to him. Like, I feel like there's a little room, like have ideas of like, okay, what did that exactly look like? It maybe wasn't just as clear as like God, like sitting him down and like telling him all the things, you know, it was obviously more of an experience. <laughs> that, oh, that yeah. we just don't have all the information for. I, I think yeah, like maybe he was literally being he was being shown it and that's why it's like all these details. He's like, okay, remember this. So if you whereas with the ark, God, you know, just told Noah, make this and here's some instructions like to make this boat. Whereas Moses was experiencing it. Right. No, no, I'd I'd agree because it's it's I don't know. He was up there for forty days. Something had to have been going on. So. Right. <laughs> Okay, I'll continue reading here. Make upright frames of acacia wood for the tabernacle. Each frame is to be 10 cubits long and a cubit and a half wide. So, acacia wood. It's, I, I, Googling it here and it's saying that uh, it's registering at 2300 PSI on the Janka scale. It's 55% harder than European white oak. 23% harder than hickory and 90% harder than bamboo. So it's a concrete tree. <laughs> Basically. Wow. Imagine carrying that around. That's right. the other thing we have to remember about this tabernacle is that it was meant to 
go on the move. Like it was going everywhere that Israel the Israelites were going. So for 40 years, they had to carry that thing around constantly. Right. I mean, it's not like they were moving. They had to move it every day and tear it up and build it every day. They, I mean, they would stay in some right. place for a couple months, but still you're talking about a team of, and I, I want to, I could be wrong on this. So if anybody has a, any evidence on this, I would, I would love to hear about it. You're talking about a team of probably only priests because That's I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing only the priests did all this stuff. That looks, that looks like a very dense wood because those rings it looks like there's like each white line has like 50 rings in it or something and they say they get up to about 30 foot tall they grow in the desert area and and currently they they grow in australia i was gonna say that's what that's what it reminded me of so occasionally yeah but nonetheless though i mean if i can say 30 feet is not very big for a tree (laughs) I mean, some trees grow much, much taller than that. But still, if it's one of those trees that's really dense, it's not going to grow tall. It's going to grow strength. And, you know, it's going to grow, yeah, because of its harsh climate it lives in. So So each frame is to be 10 cubits long. A cubit is? 18 and a half inches, roughly. So we're looking at 180, 180 inches. How much was it? 10 cubits. 15 feet. 15 and 15 a half. Foot. 15 and a half feet. So each frame is 15 foot long and a cubit and a half wide. Each tree? With each frame. Okay, so to hold up frames. the tabernacle. Okay. Yeah. So it's 15 by a half, by a cubit and a half. So 15 by four foot, five foot. Cubit and a half. Yeah. Two feet. Two feet. Yep. With two two projections set in parallel. Um, I wanted to say this a minute ago, but Ezekiel was crying. But you said, Justin, that like the Akasha tree is so strong because of its harsh climate that it has to grow in. And that made me think of this. There's this other type of mushroom that's like the most nutritious mushroom in the world because it grows in like this area that gets like crazy crazy cold and crazy crazy hot so it's again it has to like survive through these really harsh climates and that just seems like this perfect metaphor for us how we're supposed to you know kind of be persecuted and be going through these harsh climates right so that we can be we can be like strengthened and be stronger one thing we have to understand about what we go through is we can go through tough times but the tough times are going to do nothing for us unless we're reacting in a, a, a growing manner to those tough times. Because, and I appreciate. I mean, that's, I think it's a good point because the only reason that acacia tree is growing strong and it, and it ends up being the way that it is is because it's reacting to the environment in a way that benefit. You know, that's beneficial. So, no, that's a good point. So, um, what verse are we on? You, we're on 17. 17 okay. in, our, in our current day and age, we know that supply chains are, are really limited. So I'm just getting a, a mental picture of the materials needed to make this just for wood purposes. All right. So we're like 15 by two. So you're saying what? 35 feet, 35 feet to make one frame. 
Roughly. Each frame is to be 10 cubits and a cubit and a half, so you have to have two so it's uprights be and two About tops. 15 tall, about two or three feet wide. Yeah, wow. the top and the bottom. Make all the frames of the tabernacle this way. Make 20 frames for the cell side of the tabernacle. <laughs> so they're going to have to... <laughs> we're now getting into... This isn't a team of people just carrying these things around. We're talking about a team of, like, horses and carts and, and you know, trailers and stuff to haul this stuff around. And then I, I hope they're lucky enough to either have a, a ore nearby or they just brought a lot of this with them because they have to make 40 silver bases to go underneath them. Two bases for each frame and one under each projection. We kind of talked about this last time where all of the metals and the precious metals and the gems and all that stuff, they got it from Egypt where they went, you know, when they were just about to leave, God's like, go to your masters and ask for money. Ask for your due right for, for serving them for so long. And they're, you know, they just lavish them with gold and silver and jewels. Get out of here. Just go. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they would have had a lot of metals. Although, I, well, actually, I, I would say probably just gold and silver. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe some bronze. All right. Continuing on on verse 20. For the other side, the north side of the tabernacle, make 20 more frames and 40 more silver bases, two under each frame. Then make six more frames for, for the far end, that is the west end, west end of the tabernacle, and make two more frames for the corners of the far end. At these two corners, they must be double from the bottom all the way to the top, fitted into a single ring. Both shall be like that, so there will be eight frames and 16 silver bases, two under each frame. Obviously, they had a lot of money. In, in metals, like precious metals, gems, that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say that they probably used it all up building the tabernacle for God. Probably all of it, or nearly all of it. All of their wealth is now poured into God's tabernacle that he wants them to build in the wilderness to worship him and to communicate with him and, you know, to gain forgiveness and so forth. And I think God did that because throughout all of this, do you realize God wants Israel to fully rely on him, period. And I think this is God just once again, and I know this, is, this, this sounds terrible of God, but I, he does it for a reason, mind you. It sounds like he's digging their hole deeper and deeper and deeper so that the only way they can get out of it is through him. He's the only one that's going to pull them out of this wilderness experience. The only reason why... They have all that cold is because of him. Well, I, I think you're also getting a good point, too, because he might have, you know, so far he hasn't required a tabernacle. He hasn't needed it to converse with us. He, you know, he, he'd choose a person here and there throughout time and talk with them. And it was their job to carry the, the message forth. Now, what, what we got is a bunch of baggage from an old life that they're carrying around with them. You know, and so God's looking at, what he's like, what can I come up with so that they just lighten their load and they don't need to carry this stuff with memories of what life used to be like? I'll have them in a house. That's that's wow. a good point, though, too, Tom, because a lot of this stuff, I guarantee it would have been shaped in the Egyptian gods, you know, like their little idols or in beautiful, lavish jewelry just to, you know, show how rich I am instead of, you know, something 
I mean, okay, let, let me put it this way. The value of silver decreases immensely when you take it from its carved, beautiful shape and melt it down to be a plate to hold up a tent stake. If I can, right. I mean, I, I'm not trying to degrade the tabernacle. I, I understand it's very important, but do you understand that's its role? Like silver has now become the foundation to hold a tent stake or to hold a tent, not a stake, a tent frame. A tent frame. frame. Yep. frame. And you also got to think, even if they weren't idols, even if they weren't um, figurines, okay. who was the person, who was the, the deity that they were given thanks to for receiving this back when they received it? You know that it wasn't any of the Hebrew people that had those kind of things carrying with them because they didn't have anything. So this be from the Egyptians that came with them, that was holding on to all of the blessings that was bestowed on them from all their Egyptian gods. In part, yeah. Because it does say that a lot of the Egyptians left too. <laughs> and a lot of the other servants left that weren't from from Israel. Right. Wow. All right, so carrying on to verse 26. Oh. So if, you've, uh, if you're not tired of working with wood yet, we also have some more for you. Also make crossbars of acacia wood, five for the frames on one side of the tabernacle, five of those on the other side, and five for the frames on the west, at the far end of the tabernacle. <clears throat> the center crossbar is to extend from end to end at the middle of the frames. Overlay the frames with gold and make gold rings to hold the crossbars. Also overlay the crossbars with gold. Set up the tabernacle according to the plan shown to you on the mountain. Make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen with cherubim woven into it by a skilled worker. Hang it with gold hooks on four posts of acacia wood, overlaid with gold and standing on four silver bases. Hang the curtain from the clasps and, and place the Ark of the Covenant. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Place the Ark of the Covenant law behind the curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. Put the atonement cover on the Ark of the Covenant law in the most holy place. Place the table outside the curtain on the north side of the tabernacle and put the lampstand opposite it on the south side. I looked up, so how long did it take to build the tabernacle? They're saying probably less than less than nine months. I mean, build it from scratch, not reassemble it. But I can't find that answer. Because if it took, because it actually, Scripture actually tells us, like, when they started it, so when they went to the wilderness was, you know, in this month of the year, and when they erected the, the final, you know, the tabernacle, it was this month of the year or whatever. How long would it have taken to tear down? My guess is, and this is just my guess, I would guess it would take days. Probably a day or two or three, even a team of people tearing that thing down. Because you're not just talking about tearing it down, you're talking about tearing it down and a, and putting it into a pile securely on some sort of transport device or a back of a camel, I don't, I don't know, like a lot of animals, and carrying it somewhere else. I don't think it would have taken them that that long. Okay. For 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 this reason alone, because all the Hebrews were slaves and they were used to like making bricks, moving stuff daily. For the Egyptians, it might be a little bit a larger learning curve. But this reminds me of a story of when I had to put shingles on my roof. Okay. And here I was huffing and puffing, taking one bundle at a time up the ladder. Boom. Take it. Go back down. Grab one. Walk up the ladder. Boom. Put it on the roof. 
my friend from across the road who does roofs for a living shows up and puts two over each shoulder and runs up the ladder, not even holding on, and puts four on at a time, not even breaking a sweat. So for the guys that are used to manual labor, used to doing this stuff, like pick this stuff up here, move it over there, it would just be like a Friday. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like the first couple times may have taken a minute, but like they get they'd get it down packed after like the second time. And it'd be super. You maybe you might maybe you're right. Maybe it was just like an afternoon. Okay, we're we're tearing starting down the tear down, and we're gonna leave at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and and they got a village. You know how fast do Amish barns go up currently? How how fast can you get one moved physically? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so yeah. for those of you who do not know who are listening, uh, the Amish community is very tight, and there are videos out there of Amish men like literally about 120, 130 Amish men physically picking up a barn, fully constructed barn and moving it, you know, a half a mile, lining it up on the foundation and dropping it. So it's just, it's all it takes. <laughs> if you got enough people, I guess. And, and for those of us that are podcasters or that don't do work like that for a living, it seems like a, a crazy, crazy hard chore to, to like, lift up a barn and move it like that. So for these people, you know, the, the, the Hebrews and uh, people that are used to being slaves, you know, when they're told what to do, it's like, I can do that. All right. For me, this I would have been like looking for the idiot's guide to tabernacles because. <laughs> can we Google this? Hasn't been invented yet. Oh. <laughs> what was probably take the longest was like the processing the cutting the wood down. The That's what I mean. The, the, the building the in, and here it says building it, the, it would have taken them less than nine months. We don't know exactly because you're talking about not just building it, but you're also talking about all the sacrifices that needed to happen before the even official inauguration of the tabernacle type of thing. If it started like in the very beginning of their journey at Passover, just because there's so much significance with each of those days, I bet you that it ended with the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the last feast of the year, which is when, you know, you go and you dwell in tents around the tabernacle. <laughs> like, it, it's representative it's of, be. Then, yeah, yeah. of then, like, God actually living in the tabernacle that they built. Like, that's what that holiday is all about, which now it's all about, you know, him living inside of you because you're the tabernacle, you know, that moves around. So, yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm sure that it was, like, exactly that amount of days. <laughs> Thank God this tabernacle is much works, easier you know? to move around. <laughs> he does, and he, and he works in patterns. Verse 36. For the entrance to the tent, make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and finely twisted linen, the work of an embroiderer. Make gold hooks for this curtain, and five posts of acacia wood, overlaid with gold, and cast five bronze bases for them. So the, this is the entrance? It looks like it sounds like it's the main door. Yep, for the entrance of the tent. So we got blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and finely twisted linen. The work of an embroiderer. Yeah, you're talking about so much. And then this is what all of the furniture that we learned about last week is supposed to go into. Because we talked about the. We talked about the Ark of the Testimony, Table of Showbread, the Gold Lamp Stand. See, in, in, 
God talks about how, and just this is just kind of mimicking what Susanna said. God talks about how this is the blueprint of the way it is in heaven. If this tabernacle that was on earth was meant to be a blueprint or a a copy or a mirror of the the tabernacle in heaven, why would God need a tabernacle in heaven? Or is it just there because? I mean, it's kind of necessary now because before before we sinned, sin wasn't a thing. If you know what I mean, like sin wasn't, we were the ones that brought sin, sin into this world. So a tabernacle would not have been necessary before. So it's got to be because God probably established this after sin, or at least had the blueprints in, in hand or, or ready for this type of, I guess, process. Right, well... Um, Jesus said even to the disciples that he's going to go and, and make a place for them. Maybe the tabernacle is just God's room. Like Moses got to see, he got to go to his house and that's his room. That's the tabernacle or, you know, the most high place is back where, where God is, where the most holy is. If there's many, many rooms in heaven, then there has to be one that's set apart for God. Well, that you may have a point, Tom. I mean, I, I like how you kind of went with that because the gold lampstand represents something. So the gold lampstand is supposed to represent God's people. And then the Ark of the Testimony is supposed to represent God's forgiveness or mercy. Because even before sin, God was merciful. Like God, it's not like his character changed all of a sudden when, when sin came into place. It's like, no, this is who I am. I'm Of course I want to give forgiveness and mercy. The table of showbread was meant to be his word is life. You know, when Jesus said, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he also talks about how he is the bread of life. The altar of incense is meant to be his holy presence in the world. The bronze laver, I don't remember the bronze laver. I think that has to do with the blood. And then obviously the burnt offering stand or thing that you put the offering into and you, and you cook it. I'm just saying, all every piece of this is meant to display a character of God and also the whole temple itself was meant to be a the path to salvation because if you if you and we'll we'll get to this later but if you go down the path of how you're gained forgiveness uh how an individual back then would gain forgiveness it was always in a specific way and there were certain things that had to happen but if you find that out like if once we once we get into that you find out it's the it's it's the same thing learning about who Jesus is. It's the exact same path. You have to, you have to do all, all these different things because it was pointing toward Jesus. So you might have a point there, Tom, with it being, you know, God, kind of like God's room, if you will, because it's still pieces of his own character. I mean, it, it sounded like a lot of the same things built over again and over again uh, just to adorn different parts. Yeah, I was kind of curious as to, like, I guess to be more in depth is the like the only one that was different than everything else was the tent made out of dyed red ram skin. What was that? What was that significance? These were actually layers of the same tent that we were reading about. So these were all supposed to be like that length you that we talked about, like it was around fifty feet long. It's probably talking about the entire length of this tabernacle 
and or you know like the length this way across the sides of it because they were supposed to make several of these type of curtains you know like several of the red ones and several of the woven goats here i did not know what goats hair was wo wovenable weavable weavable uh, i didn't know the goats hair was weavable but i know goats are related to sheep so maybe maybe it's like a wool but yeah it's it's the same thing it's basically giant curtains, like three different giant blankets or four different giant blankets that go over the same tabernacle. I think a lot of it was just really practical. Like, I think the goat's hair was what they commonly used for tents. You know, like, that's just, like, what they did. Yeah. And even the, um, like, whatever type of animal skin it was, that would have made it kind of airtight, you know, and protect from the desert, the harsh desert weather and all the dust, keeping all the fine dust out of there and... I think a lot of these things that, yeah, he's saying to use, is just actually just practical. <laughs> like, I know there's a lot of things that's like, this means this super metaphorical thing, and this means this super metaphorical thing, and there's probably some reason why that he wanted it to be dyed red and all that stuff, but... That's the only one I like, could really seem that would be necessary to have some sort of symbol, you know? Yeah, like, I'm sure it did, but yeah, as far as a lot of it, like, I think it's like, this stuff is really durable and strong and, <laughs> and this stuff is going to keep all that sand out of here and like, you know, things like that. <laughs> and I'm quite certain that God had in mind. Um, yeah, you guys don't know this yet, but you're probably going to be wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. So let's make this last the first time. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be a high quality and last. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I found it interesting that they used, uh, did you guys catch it? That for the bases, they did not use silver in the front. They use something far stronger than silver, which is bronze or brass for the base of, of the, the pillars to the entrance. It's like, I don't know, I just, I found that interesting. I don't know the significance in that, but I, I just, I find that very interesting. Most people haven't heard about the tabernacle, just, just so everybody knows. Because a lot of this, I mean, I forgive me, but a lot of this kind of stuff is a little dry, but... It, and, and I know just, and this is kind of mimicking what Thomas said in the past, is that not we lose a lot of the meaning behind all of this just because we're not in that situation, in that culture at that time. So a lot of this, similar to like what Susanna just said, was it's just, it, it's just a practical, just use this. You know, God was specific, yes, but use this. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that's why I love reading a lot of this, these meteor sections is because, I mean, some of them are so practical, like not even just about the tabernacle, but just some of these kind of rules that he gives out. Like, there's so many layers. It's like, wow, well, that just makes so much practical sense. Like, if you break your neighbor's clay pot, you give them, the, you, you give them a new clay pot, you know, like that's just that's just practical. But there's probably lots of layers of other things like what that kind of means. <laughs> I will go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer and we can shut this down. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this time, uh, for your holy word, for your tabernacle that you were trying to uh, point others to Jesus. And uh, Father, I pray that through this that you'll help it to uh, point us to Jesus now. Uh, we love you so much and we thank you for your holy word. I pray you'll give us wisdom to understand this to the best of our knowledge. We love you so much and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this has been Justin. This has been Tom. And this is Susanna. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Have a good night. Now listen, 
just because this is the end of the episode doesn't mean it's the end of the conversation. You can find Biblical Chili on almost any social media outlet. And if you're not a big fan of YouTube, just search for Biblical Chili anywhere and I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Or just go to BiblicalChili.com. Now until we meet again, remember, be part of the conversation. Goodbye. This has been Tom. This is Susanna. We'll talk to you guys next time. Try that again, Susanna. This is Susanna. (laughs) (laughs) And take three. And this is Susanna. (laughs) That'll work. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most of them probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you.